Father, we bless your holy name. While we're in your presence, we acknowledge it. We thank you for it. We do not take it for granted. We know now that you have prepared our hearts to hear a word from thee that would be transformative, that would be effective, that would be powerful. If we would only open up our hearts to you and let you speak. So, Father, I pray, speak, Lord, for thy servant heareth. Help us obey your voice today so that we can receive all that you have for us. In Jesus' name we pray, amen and amen. Open your Bibles to the book of Jonah, chapter number 3. And the word of the Lord came unto Jonah the second time, saying, Arise, go unto Nineveh, that great city, and preach unto it the preaching that I bid thee. So Jonah arose and went unto Nineveh according to the word of the Lord. Now Nineveh was an exceeding great city of three days journey. And Jonah began to enter into the city a day's journey. And he cried and said, Yet forty days and Nineveh shall be overthrown. So the people of Nineveh believed God and proclaimed a fast and put on sackcloth from the greatest of them even to the least of them. For word, for word came unto the king of Nineveh, and he arose from his throne, and he laid his robe from him and covered him with sackcloth and sat in ashes. And he caused it to be proclaimed and published through Nineveh by the decree of the king and his nobles, saying, Let neither man nor beast, herd nor flock, Taste anything, let them not feed, nor drink water. Now you know you're on a serious fast when you don't even let your pets eat or drink, or your livestock. Verse 8, but let man and beast be covered with sackcloth, and cry mightily unto God. Yea, let them turn everyone from his evil way. And from the violence that is in their hands. Who can tell if God will turn and repent and turn away from his fierce anger that we perish not? And God saw their works that they turned from their evil way. And God repented of the evil that he had said that he would do unto them. And he did it not. Now look with me, verse 4, one more time. Jonah began to enter into the city a day's journey. And he cried and said, Yet forty days, and Nineveh shall be overthrown. Today I'm going to preach to you with God's help on this thought, Countdown to Judgment. Thank you, and you can be seated in the presence of the Lord. 
The Bible said that Jesus came not into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. But it also said, he that believeth not is condemned already, because he hath not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. The truth is, unless you are in Christ, judgment is just a matter of time. You're already under condemnation. You're already found guilty before God. And you are only pending judgment. People need to understand that God isn't going to try to sort it out and figure it out on judgment day who's getting in and who's not and who's just and who isn't. For He tries the souls of men during their lifetime and keeps perfect record and will know assuredly where you stand with Him. And He already knows before you ever breathe your last breath. And I'm looking here at this verse and it's interesting to me that though God is declaring judgment upon this people, He gives them fair warning. It's interesting to me that He did not say in Jonah chapter 3, If ye repent, ye will be spared. He only said, Get ready, judgment is coming. There was something about this king's reasoning, I believe, that caused him to think that there might be a chance that God would change his mind. I imagine if I were this heathen king, I would think to myself, if judgment surely is coming, and it is in fact going to happen regardless, then why would God even take the time to give me a 40-day warning? If there's no chance of hope, if there's no chance of turning the wrath of God away from me, why would He give me a 40-day notice? I personally believe this is the reason that He thought to Himself, perhaps if I turn in my heart to Him, He will give me a chance and spare our city the judgment that is coming. In like fashion, I need you to understand that although judgment is counting down, and it is pending for every man, woman, boy, and girl, that God has made a pre-announcement for the specific purpose that you might turn to Him before it's too late. That God is gracious. That the Bible says it is not His will that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. And that's why you need to thank God that you have a preacher that will tell you that except you repent, you will perish. Because away with those preachers that want to tickle your fancy, that want to just make you feel better about your choices, instead of challenging you to look into the mirror of God's holy word that will hold you accountable for your wicked deeds. Amen. Uh, we need to learn who to appreciate today. We need to appreciate it when God gives us fair warning because he is giving us an opportunity to 
turn from our sin and turn to Him for forgiveness and hope. Somebody say amen. amen. We are living in what I would describe as a countdown to judgment. Nineveh was given 40 days. We do not know what we are given, but we do know that there is still, if you are breathing today, and since Christ has not returned in a second coming yet, you do know that you have an opportunity to receive Him before judgment arrives. Studying the Scriptures, the, the, the number 40 is mentioned 146 times. And the number 40 generally symbolizes a period of testing, trial, or probation. During Moses' life, he lived 40 years in Egypt and 40 years in the desert before God instructed him to lead his people out of slavery. Moses was also on Mount Sinai for 40 days and nights on two separate occasions receiving God's laws. He also sent spies for 40 days to investigate the land that God promised the Israelites as an inheritance. Furthermore, the prophet Elijah went 40 days without food or water on Mount Horeb. Jesus was tempted by the devil not just three times, but many times during the 40 days and nights that he fasted just before his earthly ministry took off. He also appeared to his disciples and others 40 days after his resurrection from the dead. God flooded the earth by having it rain for 40 days and nights. The prophet Ezekiel laid on his right side for 40 days to symbolize Judah's sins in the book of Ezekiel. The prophet Jonah, as we read this morning, powerfully warned ancient Nineveh for 40 days that its destruction would come because of its many sins. And I would like to say this, the Bible was written by 40 different people, those called of God now are under probation or judgment based on how they live by every word of God. And today you need to understand that it might not be 40 days, but symbolically we are in countdown to judgment. And it is imperative that every one of us know that we shall give account of ourselves to the Lord. I want to notice three things quickly out of our text, out of Jonah chapter number 3. Look at verse 1 again. And the word of the Lord came unto Jonah the second time. Number 1, God don't stutter. Somebody say amen. God came back to Jonah the second time saying the same thing that he said the first time. The gifts and the calling of God 
are without repentance. That is, God has his mind made up because he can't plan uh, wrongly. He can't think wrongly. He can't make a statement wrongly. So he always gets it right the first time. And if he calls you, he has not made a mistake. Uh, and you can run if you want to, Jonah, but God is going to be hot on your heels saying the same thing he said when you started running. And if he speaks again, he's going to say the same thing that he said when you started dodging and avoiding. And I want to say to those that have not yet received Christ as your Savior that God has not changed his mind because you've thrust your fist in his face. God still loves you. God still is chasing after you while there's hope and while there's breath in your body and while there's time before judgment, God is still calling you to salvation and there is hope for you and you need to understand that God does not stutter and he said it right the first time and you think why would God be interested in somebody like me but God is perfect in all of his ways and all of his endeavors and God's appetites are pure and if he has told you he wants you you can rest assured he wants you today as much as he did the first time he spoke to you and many today are running from God thinking that they can change God's mind about his call to salvation on their life. Oh, surely God don't want me after all that I have done and after who I am. And, and God would never forgive me. I, I sadly remember a gentleman, uh, I, I won't call his name, but I worked with him for several years. Uh, and uh, he uh, was one of our Vietnam veterans that we loved so much. And, and he didn't tell me the details, but uh, he was forced to do things over there in that war that any civilized human being would uh, have nightmares for the rest of their life having to participate in and he told me and he looked me in my eyes and said preacher God would never forgive me for what I've done and I don't know if he ever gave his heart and life to Jesus, but you can bet your bottom dollar that day he heard the good news. That day he heard that yes, Jesus loves even you, and Jesus will forgive even you, for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And God didn't stutter, amen, and you need to quit disqualifying people from being able to receive the grace of God, because his grace is rich unto all that call upon him and we need to give him glory that he meant what he said and he said what he meant, amen oh I'm glad for the day that he saved me by his grace I didn't think he'd forgive me but he didn't stutter <laughs> Woo! I'm glad I found out that he meant exactly what he said and I fit in that whosoever category, amen Mm, the Bible said in Psalm chapter 119 and verse number 105, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Psalm, uh, Proverbs chapter 30 and verse 5 says, Every word of God is pure. He is a shield unto them that put their trust in Him. Again, Psalm chapter 119 and verse 89, Forever, O Lord, Thy word is settled in heaven. And even Jesus said three times, in Matthew 24, in Mark 13, and in Luke 21. I know he may have said it once, but it was recorded in three different Gospels with the exact wording. It's one of the rare moments you'll find all three Gospels quoting Jesus 
verbatim, word for word, without a little bit of personality variation. And what was it that Jesus said? He said, heaven and earth shall pass away, but my word shall not pass away. God don't stutter, and he loves even you. Call on him while he's near today. Mm -mm. And if God's calling you to service, he ain't changed his mind. You better get up and get going. God is sure and steadfast in his word and his declaration over your life. You best be about your father's business. Not only do we learn that God don't stutter, but as a preacher, I must tell you this morning, just like Jonah, look at verse number uh, verse number 2. Arise, God says to, uh, to Jonah, he says, Go to Nineveh, that great city, and preach unto it, watch your Bibles, the preaching that I bid thee. God is telling Jonah, say exactly what I tell you to say and nothing more and nothing less. This is not your message. This is my message. You're just the mailman. Number two, as a preacher, you must understand not only this, that God don't stutter, but I, as his messenger, cannot stray from his message. Many today want to hire a Balaam to speak soft words to them, to speak softly and kindly to them. Really what they want is a positive thinker and a, and a motivator, a motivational speaker in their pulpits. Really what they want is somebody that will make them feel better about themselves and their life and not call out their sin and just be positive and uplifting and all of this stuff. Uh, but I got news for you. That would be dramatically out of balance with the Word of God. Uh, yes, there's some good things and there's some wonderful things and there's some uplifting things in the Word of God. But there's also some things that will rebuke you. There's also some things that will call you out on the carpet with the Holy God. There are also some things that you need to be aware of. And if I'm worth my salt as a preacher, I'll preach the whole counsel of God and tell you everything God said and not just the parts that I think you'll like. And if you know what's good for you, you'll thank God for the preacher that doesn't stray from what it is that God said. Can I get an amen? I can't stray. Second Timothy chapter 4 and verse 2 admonishes the young preacher and any preacher for that matter. Preach the word. Be instant in season, out of season. And listen to this. Reprove, rebuke, and exhort. Two-thirds negative, one-third positive. Woo! My, 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 my. Would you just look at this right here? And we want a preacher that'll tickle our fancy, don't we? Amen. Uh, but we need, God help us, for some preachers to rise up uh, with some Holy Ghost backbone. Amen. Uh, and that will declare what the Word of God said as it said it, as it's read. Uh, and not try to twist it. And not try to uh, do biblical uh, uh, gymnastics to try to make it say something that it's not saying. Uh, but read it as it is to a people as they are. And let God be God and every man a liar. 
I cannot stray. It said, For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but after their own lust shall they heap to themselves teachers having itching ears. And i got to tell you, as a God-called preacher, I cannot participate in that kind of a plan. I cannot cooperate with those that are looking for teachers with itching ears that will say what they want them to say. And God help the pastor that gets himself in a church that he doesn't, that he's not a Aware that they have plans on molding him and making him into the likeness of their image, into the likeness of their philosophy. God help you, preacher, to stand up with boldness if it means it's your last sermon in that church. You better preach the word of God unadulterated. You better preach to God with authority. And you let God be God and you let the chips fall where they may. But we cannot stray from the purity of God's word. The Bible said they shall be turned away. Uh, they'll turn away their ears from the truth uh, and shall be turned unto fables. And that's where we're at today. Oh, they'd rather hear a fairy tale than to hear the, 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 uh, the God-honest truth. Amen. They'd rather hear a, a story than to hear something that will call them to repentance. They'd rather hear a motivational speech than to say, Thou art the man, get right with God, or face the consequences. But I'm here to tell you today that we still serve a holy God. And yes, grace is free, but it cost Him His own Son's blood. And God does not take lightly those who trample underfoot the blood of the Lord Jesus. Christ and I'm telling you uh, that he, you have an hour of grace in your life today uh, but if you don't take advantage uh, during this judgment countdown uh, of the opportunity to repent and turn to him uh, there'll come a day that you wish you could repent but it'll be too late uh, and today he offers himself as your savior but tomorrow he's going to stand before you as king of kings uh, and lord of lords and judgment of all the earth uh, and those whose names are not found written in the lamb's book of life shall be cast into the lake of fire where there's weeping and gnashing of teeth where the worm dieth not where the fire is not quenched and where the smoke of their torment ascendeth up forever and ever and ever and you need to know yes God loves you but that love is extended to you only when you put your faith in Jesus having turned from your sins and given your life to him it's not an automatic guarantee and you need to know right now that before judgment there's hope but after judgment there is none and I cannot stray from that and I cannot how do you soften the news of hell I like what one preacher said we have preached with such weakness something like this I'll say it in my words we have preached such a watered down gospel that we preach an air conditioned hell And we're afraid to preach on the subject because it's uncomfortable. And that, that, after all, our visitors may not come back and keep preaching like that. Well, this might be their one chance to hear the truth. And I want to preach a kind of message that if they never come back, that message will preach to them till they breathe their last breath. Because it's not what goes on right here and right now in this physical church building. It's what the Word of God does after it's planted in your heart. 
We've got to ask God to give us the kind of sermons that stick with us. No matter where we go and try to hide. That God will begin to work on us. Amen. Uh, and it don't matter if we avoid church. Amen. It don't matter if we run as far away from God. Uh, there's something we can't shake. Amen. I, I remember my pastor, Brother Bruce Freeman, uh, preaching years ago about his testimony. He said he was, uh, I think he was trying to sell a car to this individual. And he's a preacher. Uh, and this preacher quoted the scripture about the Lord uh, shall return with a shout. Out the uh, with the with the the voice of a trumpet uh, and the and all of that and he was preaching on the end times and brother Bruce said uh, he went home and he couldn't shake that scripture from his mind uh, and the Holy Ghost began to preach to him every day uh, with that verse that was planted in his heart uh, and eventually he had to cave under the pressure of the wooing of the Holy Ghost of God and give his life to the Lord uh, I have one chance with some uh, to preach the honest God truth to them uh, and God help me if I cower under the pressure of political expectation of church religious expectation God help me to give them the truth if I only do it one time so that the Holy Ghost can preach to them for the rest of their life until at last they fall under the surrenders of the Lord Jesus Christ amen church I can't stray from this and I'm not going to do it for anybody because I know better and so don't even ask me to amen they said, watch thou, he said to the young preacher, watch thou in all things, endure afflictions, do the work of an evangelist, make full proof of thy ministry. You want to know what the proof of the ministry is uh, for the God-called preacher? It's endurance. It is whenever you stand up, uh, maybe even as Stephen, uh, as they were stoning Stephen, he was preaching Jesus. Amen. Uh, he, uh, the stone would hit him uh, and he'd just say, except you repent. Amen. Uh, the stone would hit him and he'd say, God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. And the stone would hit him and he'd still say, Jesus loves you if you give your heart and life to him. Uh, and the, he just kept a preaching until Jesus stood up uh, and he fell asleep in the arms of Jesus and woke up in glory and God help us to have some preachers today and Christians today that will endure the test of tribulation and trial and mockery and rejection of this world and its systems and governments the proof is in your endurance amen God give us some people that can endure hardness as a good soldier that can endure sound doctrine and take it like a man or take it like a woman of God are you hearing what I'm saying? Uh, quit your whining and trying to figure out if God really meant what he said and just salute the Lord and say, yes, sir, and get about your father's business and do what he said do. Amen, church. I can't stray and neither can you if we are to hear from a holy God before which we will all stand and give an account. I done preached the microphone on my head. Oh, help me, Jesus. God don't stutter, I can't stray. Thirdly, watch your Bible, look at verse 5. So the people of Nineveh believed God <laughs> and proclaimed a fast and put on sackcloth from the greatest of them even to the least of them. Look at this spectacle, if you will, a heathen country. This might have been I don't know, but it could have been the first time they ever heard a preacher met preach. Could have been. I could stand to be corrected, 
But let's just assume for a moment that it was. Do you realize God has people in His family that hear the message week after week and don't respond like these heathen people did to the first message they ever heard? And on Judgment Day, Nineveh will rise up and judge our generation because we have hardened our hearts to God's Word and tried to make it to be something it is not. And so number three, you shouldn't shirk your responsibility. You shouldn't avoid it. You shouldn't dodge it. You shouldn't duck or hide or wiggle your way out of it. If the preacher makes you uncomfortable, just sit under the pressure of God Almighty until you finally surrender. May that Word of God hammer the stony heart and smite it to pieces. May we fall under Holy Ghost conviction and get right with God and start getting about our Father's business. And if you're lost today, may you finally at last call on Him for forgiveness and salvation through the shed blood of Jesus Christ that you shouldn't shirk what God has spoken to you about Hebrews chapter 9 and verse 27 says and as it is appointed unto men once to die but after this the judgment so Christ was once offered to bear the sins of many and unto them that look for him shall he appear the second time, without sin unto salvation. Do you understand that you shouldn't shirk your responsibility to respond to the Word of God because inevitably you are in judgment countdown and whether you face Him today or on judgment day, you will face Him. You can't run and you can't hide. And so the only logical conclusion is to get your sin account settled today and not wait until it's too late. Uh, judgment is pending. Judgment is inevitable. Judgment is unavoidable. Every man, woman, boy, and girl will face God and you will give an account. Uh, and you need to understand that that's the reason you shouldn't shirk your responsibility to respond to the voice of God calling you today. Romans 14, 11 says, For it is written, As I live, saith the Lord, Every knee shall bow to me, and every tongue shall confess to God. So then every one of us shall give account of himself to the Lord. It's going to happen. You decide when. Now or then. Countdown to judgment. What are you going to do? I'll tell you what happened here in Nineveh. The king said, who can tell, verse 9, who can tell if God will turn and repent and turn away from His fierce anger that we perish not? And God saw the works that they turned from their evil way and God repented. That means God changed His mind about what He was going by the way. God's character, God's person never changes. This is not a biblical contradiction. He says, I am the Lord, I change not. God did not change His person in this text. He changed His plan for this people because they reached out to Him in faith coupled with repentance. And there's something that is irresistible to God Almighty. And that's when a sinner calls on Him 
in faith and repentance to receive salvation. God has declared that whosoever shall call upon Him, amen, they shall be saved. That means God cannot turn you away because His Word has already declared that He will receive you. So understand this then, uh, that if you will turn to God today, you will be spared of pending judgment for the lost and for the damned who will spend eternity in the lake of fire. 2 Peter chapter 3 and verse 9 says that the Lord is not slack concerning His promise, as some men count slackness. Oh, they're saying, oh, they, I've heard that my whole life. Jesus is coming, yada, yada, yada. Yeah, tell me something I've never heard before, preacher. And you just numb yourself to the reality that the signs of the times are dancing all around you. You don't want to face that reality. So you, say, you, you come up with philosophies of men that numb your conscience to the reality that we're right on the edge of entering into eternity. The reason he's not slack concerning his promise, the reason he hasn't come and returned a second time, is because he's long-suffering to usward. That means he's very patient. Not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. But the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night, in the which the heavens shall pass away with a great noise, and the elements shall melt with fervent heat. The earth also and the works that are therein shall be burned up. And everything you've built for yourself as a personal kingdom and empire is nothing but fuel for the flames of the wrath of Almighty God. Seeing then that all these things shall be dissolved, what manner of persons ought ye to be in all holy conversation and godliness? Why are we living like there's no eternity? Why are we living like there's no hell? Why are we living like there's no judge to give account to? You better wake up because judgment draweth nigh and we're on a countdown to judgment and you better get right while there's hope looking for the, the hasting unto the coming of the day of God, wherein the heavens being on fire shall be dissolved and the elements shall melt with fervent heat. You think it's preaching's hot, honey? You wait till you face God Almighty. Amen. You wait till you face the one from which you cannot run or hide. They turned as it were their faces from him, but there was no place to hide. And the Bible says, nevertheless, we according to his promise look for new heavens and a new earth wherein dwelleth righteousness. I'm glad to tell you today that because my sin debt was paid on September the 9th of 1990 as an 11 year old boy I don't have to worry about going to hell. Amen. I don't have to worry about facing the, the judge on the great white throne. Amen. And, go, and, and spending an eternity in a place called the lake of fire. But I'm here to warn those of you listening to the sound of my voice whether here in the building there on the internet or by way of the radio that except ye repent ye shall likewise perish and you need to give your heart and life to Jesus today behold now is the accepted time behold today is the day of salvation and everybody wants to put it off and everybody wants to say I'll do it tomorrow preacher I'll do it when I at a more convenient time preacher but you don't know when you're 
your countdown ends. You may be in day 40. You may be in day one. You may only have a few hours left. And I tell you, God sent me to tell you today that if you're going to get in, you better do it right now because no, there's no guarantee of a tomorrow or a next breath even for that matter. Everybody's standing to your feet, every head bowed and every eye closed. I ask God to help me preach like a dying man to a dying people. If you think I'm preaching with too much urgency, then why don't you just compare what I'm preaching to what the Bible says and you tell me if I preach it with enough urgency. It's time right now. Everybody in the building, I want you to do some soul searching this morning. Ask yourself the question, do I know that my name is found written in the book of life and if you don't have that settled I want to invite you to come no one looking around there may be one in the building today that says preacher I've been having doubts and I believe God's revealed to me that my problem is I've just never been saved and I need to give my heart and life to Jesus please nobody looking around but me and God I want to give I want to respect their privacy at this moment if you're like that in the building, nobody looking but me and God. You just want me to pray for you. That God will help you make things right and get peace with God. I want to pray for you. I won't point you out. I won't come to you. I won't embarrass you. I really sincerely just want to pray for you. Would you just let me know by slipping up that hand? Nobody looking around but me and God. Anybody in the building? Anybody in the building? Thank you for that hand. Would there be others? Would there be others? I want to pray for you that God will help you. If you're watching by way of internet, listen to me and listen to me well. You don't have to be in this physical church building to make things right with God. And if you're sitting in the pew of this church, you don't even have to come up to this altar. What you need to do is make an altar in your heart before the presence of God and just call on Him. Say, Lord, I know I'm a sinner. I know you're the Savior. I'm undone without you. I'm a wretch. I'm sinful. I'm unholy. I'm not fit for heaven. But I believe that Jesus died on the cross for my sin. I believe that he rose again on the third day. And today, I turn from my sin as much as I can with your help. And I turn to you asking forgiveness for my sin, asking for you to move into my heart, asking you to teach me how to allow you to be the Lord of my life. And I pray, oh God, that you'd help me from this day forward to live out my newfound faith in Jesus Christ, in whose name I pray. Amen. Nobody looking around. If you just prayed that prayer and received Christ into your heart, I want to talk to you after service. Would you let me know real quickly? Slip up your hand. Let me know if there's a man in the building that just called on the Lord for forgiveness. If you're there online and you called on the Lord to receive forgiveness of sin, would you send me a private message so that I can get some materials out to you to help you grow in your walk with the Lord? I'd be glad to help you any way that I can. And helping you uh, affirm what it is that God has spoken to you about. What it is that God's doing in your life.
Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you for the word. I thank you for the challenge. I pray, God, that you'd help each of us to check our hearts and make sure that our sin debt is canceled. Lord, I pray for that one that raised their hand. Lord, that you give them assurance and peace. God, rock solid, undeniable faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. May you give them that that place of peace and serenity that they so desperately need. And I thank you for their desire. You see where they're at. You know what their questions are. You know how to answer them. You know how to help them. If there's anything we can do to facilitate that process, use us as your instruments. Otherwise, move us out of your way and go directly to them. Help them with their struggle until at last they have 100% peace. We'll be careful to praise you for all that you do in Jesus' name. God's children say amen. Amen. You are dismissed in the love and the fear of the Lord. Have a wonderful day. Choir practice, 5 o'clock. Evening service, 6. Don't miss it.